You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. You're listening to episode 84. Can you believe it? Every time we just get a few numbers higher than the last episode, I always think, oh man, it's crazy. How can we, how long can Great we keep segue. going? Great segue. Can you believe it? Oh, good. hold <laughs> yeah. on, Nathan. We're Not, way ahead of ourselves. I'm so sorry. You're, you're yeah. ahead of yourself because I've been, I've been slacking recently and I've not been asking you, listener, to like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I keep waiting till the end, but the thing is, is... If you're listening to all the way to the end of the episode, you probably were already. So I speak now to those of you who have not decided to join the family. Like and subscribe to this podcast, please. It's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to give you an alert every Tuesday morning. And that way you can be caught up and you can support us when um, we talk about things in the moment, which Nathan will talk about later. It's very important that you not have a lag between when the episode comes out and when you actually listen because um, you'll be supporting Nathan. He'll talk about that in a second. And number two, you're telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content and thereby helping us spread the podcast even further. So mm. Nathan, actually, do you want to, do you want to talk about why it's important to listen to the episode when it actually comes out? Yeah. I, I know I, this is weighed on your heart. Yeah. We're coming back to this. We're absolutely <laughs> coming back to this. <laughs> Y'all just hear me out. Critical listening. So several episodes back, I'm not petty. I don't hold on to things, but and several episodes. <laughs> Several episodes back, we talked about um, that. Matt, what was the name of that critically acclaimed film that you and I love, but he doesn't? Oh, Hook. Hook. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that one. Yeah. yeah, and and Gandalf set up this poll to see who liked it and who didn't. Overwhelmingly, if I'm honest, I'm not contesting this. Overwhelmingly, the feedback we got was not supportive of Hook as a movie, and that that wounded me. I think y'all can agree. Y'all heard me behind the scenes. I was wow. wounded deeply That's by right. that. Well, many are called, fewer chosen. Uh, but what I forgot is that so many of our listeners are not listening in real time. And so mm. as many of our listeners have caught up, I've had so many conversations on the side or I even had texts that said, man, I don't know what those people were thinking. Hook is great. Yeah, and so I've heard the same. I thank you, Matt. That's now. So anyway, I'm just saying I conceded that issue way too quickly. Hook is still awesome. And thank you to our slightly behind listeners for validating that opinion. I will say that I did tell my wife about it. And I just said, because she doesn't listen to the podcast, but I said, uh, hey, what do you think about the film Hook? She's like, oh, it's a stupid film. <laughs> She's on your side, Gandalf. But uh, so it, it sounds like our most dedicated listeners have better taste is what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you know what this, uh, it reminds me of y'all ever see the movie patch Adams with Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it reminds me of when he's meeting his roommate, Mitch Roman and Mitch Roman says, you know, Mitch Roman, I went to Georgetown university. I was awarded the William F Thompson scientific achievement award and patch responds. That's great. Emerson Elementary, I once drew a picture of a rabbit that got me two gold stars. <laughs> you know what? I love that H line. H Hook may only get two gold stars, but the movie 
uh, validates Patch Adams, not not Mitch Roman. <laughs> That's right. And it's also doesn't have to be critically good to be near and dear to my heart. I give it two gold stars. And it's also when I gave it two gold stars, because as a child, it was just beautiful and fascinating to me because I love the story of Peter Pan. Well, speaking of children. Yeah, children. We'll get to that in a second and we'll have more to say about Peter Pan in a minute. But let's talk about the Bible. Um, Genesis. Yeah. Genesis. We are a Bible podcast. That's right. So Genesis 17. Last week we talked about circumcision. But uh, we're now moving on from that subject, and we we're will, maturing. Don't think you're we're maturing. To other Do things. not think you're safe for a moment of us talking about it again. Yeah, d- don't think we've just cut off this topic uh, permanently. We're coming back is. next week. Matt, you're done. You're done. <laughs> Matt's got an agenda. <laughs> we're coming back next week. Y'all just remember that I'm the mature one. That's all you yeah, need that's to know. That's right. So whether or not I'm right about Hook, I am the mature one. Oh, listener, if you which is a terrifying conversation. conversation. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, what we're going to talk about today are babies. In fact, a very specific baby that gets promised and that baby is Isaac. So before we talk about babies though, um, let's read the text. So Gandalf, why don't you read today? Uh, I shall. Genesis seven. All right. Genesis seventeen fifteen through 21, as always reading from the ESV mm-hmm. and God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, no, but Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Great reading. Great reading. Thank you. So if you've listened to the podcast early, early on in the far reaches of our mind, if we stretch back to those early episodes when, you know, the earth's crust was first hardening, um, <laughs> and we but, had no idea what we were doing. I- I- exactly. I mean, there is a plan. Yeah. We talked about Chekhov's <laughs> gun. There's no Chekhov's plan. gun. And Chekhov's gun is that that whole idea, it's a literary device, uh, that when something is introduced in the story, it better happen. Like for instance, it has it, to come into play. Yeah. It has to come into play that if, you know, if there's a gun hanging above the fireplace in a setting in the story, that gun better go off by the final act because it's there. It, attention is being drawn to it and stuff like that. So through that, we've also talked about the essence of this podcast is dot connecting, connecting dots. And whenever you see something, often if it's something very unique, there's somewhere else in the story where it's also connected. And the whole idea of a baby bringing about a dramatic change in circumstances or God fulfilling something of his promise or revealing something of himself through a baby is a theme that reoccurs through the Bible. Like what's a few of those instances that come to mind to you? 
And just uh, like that, guys. Faith Hill started singing A Baby Changes Everything in the background. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Those copyright what, what, laws get us every week. That's right. What are a few babies born in the Bible that, or announced their birth is announced in the Bible, whether prophetically or at the advent of their birth? Can you, what, what are a few well, babies? I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking that first baby. I'm thinking Cain. Uh, that was, yes. We had a whole episode We about talked that. about uh, that, yeah. The, God has, uh, with God's help, I have uh, given birth of a man child. Yes. Seth, Noah. Yep. Um, Noah. But Jared prof or prophetically says this baby will give us rest that Noah, and that's why he Lamech. named him Noah. Lamech. I thought it was, well, yeah, Lamech. That's right. In the days of Jared. That's right. Yeah. Very good. That's only in the first 17 chapters. So it's been That's multiple right. times. So several babies. We had Cain and then it was like, eh. then we've got Seth and then but we like, have. <laughs> yeah. And look, and looking forward in the old Testament, you've got like your Samuels and mm -hmm. you know, new Testament, you've got your John the Baptist and your Jesus, you know? Oh, and, and a favorite at our house, because we love the Prince of Egypt, the baby in the basket, man, baby oh. Moses, baby Moses. And then, so. Babies play a significant role in the story of scripture. And this is the announcement of a baby. And that's what we're looking at today. And what's interesting is that there is this, there is this word that occurs. It's laughter. And if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure, cause I was just looking at it. This is the first time we read of laughter in the Bible. I think that's I right. I don't yeah. think anybody's laughed like. You know, it was, uh, it was, the earth was a rather boring place. And then, you know, this is, which, which reminds me of one of my favorite lines from all of fiction, J.M. Barry, James Matthew Barry, the author of Peter Pan. I'm going to actually, my name is named after him. No, it's really not, but I wish it was, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, his line, I, I just love this. When the first baby laughed for the first time, its laugh broke into a thousand pieces and they all went skipping about. And that was the beginning of fairies. Oh man, I just love that line. That makes me get emotional. But <laughs> there, there's something about laughter. There's something about laughter. And this you is know, the, well, I don't, go ahead. This, this makes me so much, this makes me, you know, the, the least classy person on the podcast. <laughs> when I think of laughter, my, my first thought is the water boy that adam sandler movie and I, I'm, I'm not proud of that uh but you know they keep teasing him it just sets off this intense reaction he goes stop making fun of me and then he makes this like squeal noise and just you know charges and destroys anything in his sights so yes so let's go with the james barry one instead <laughs> yeah, let's, let's stick with fairies um <laughs> but laughter the first time so we've talked before i have a good friend by the way and and he listens to this and he probably still hasn't seen the water boy and I don't oh. know whether or not he should, I'm not endorsing it. Okay. I'm going to let that go. Cause I lost <laughs> the hook thing. Okay. Right. That, yeah. There you go. But we talked about the first time we read about God's anger in the film or in the film, sorry, in the scripture is Moses at the burning bush. Exodus the first time yeah. laughter occurs in the Bible is right here. So here's a question. How and why is Abraham laughing? So look, at, again, look at verse 17. Like, okay. 
or back up to 16, where he says, you know, I'm going to bless her. What do you see? What kind of laughter do you think Abraham is embodying? That's honestly, it's kind of a hard read this whole, this whole section here mm-hmm. where he like falls on his face and laughs and then says, you know, shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Cause it's, it's not like he's falling. It, he's not falling on his face. I don't think. Cause it's just so funny. I don't know. Yeah. It's people, not. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, this is not, this is not barreled over laughter is what you're saying. Well, right. people fall on their face a lot in front of God. And I'm wondering if that's, if they were combining laughing with like worship or something like that. Yeah, and, and that, and that's the big discussion because, it, you know, is this a laugh of, uh, you know, so for example, one chapter over from this, you know, when you're looking at, uh, Sarah who also laughs, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This is Genesis eighteen twelve. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? So when Sarah laughs to herself, it seems to be this incredulous laughter. Like there's no way that could happen. Right. Mm -hmm. But when Abraham Mm -hmm. laughs, you don't have that type of response from God. So it was interesting when we were talking beforehand, the, the way I was reading the text is that, uh, in verse 17, Abram falls on his face. So I'm seeing reverential awe there. And then that he, he, he laughs to himself in the sense of like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm going to have a baby. And then the first thing he does when he's processing this is his mind immediately goes to Ishmael. And it was interesting. I was looked at Kenneth, Kenneth Matthews and I, I was encouraged because I was like, oh, well, th- this is exactly how Matthews reads the text. And and Nathan cautioned me, he said, well, but we don't really know for sure. That's how, that's one way to read the text. And I pulled up Derek Hidner and he reads it completely differently. So yeah, let me read. Yeah, there's just, dis- that's what I'm saying. There's disagreement yeah. on it. So, so Matthew says this about verse 17, which says, Abraham fell on his face, laughed and said to himself, so shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old, shall Sarah, who is 99 years old old bear a child. Kenneth Matthew says Abraham's reaction consisted of the range of human response. Initially, he collapses in reverential awe, laughs, reasons, and then urgently pleads that is for Ishmael. And, you know, since the commentary agreed with me, I'd read all I needed to read, but, um, (laughs) but then listen to Kinder. Kinder says this same verse, Abraham's laughter to judge by God's reply and by Romans 419 was a first incredulous reaction, real enough, as is shown by his gentle attempt to steer God into a more reasonable path, but open to correction. Um, yeah, on, and you know, so it's what, interesting. You two, what's, two brilliant scholars there disagreeing on it. So. Yeah, and what, what's funny for me is, uh, I, you know, I like to consult uh, Jewish scholarship, uh, mm-hmm. the, the JPS uh, Torah commentary, for example, Nahum Sarna. And he goes, uh, is it a laughter of joy, surprise, doubt, or perhaps a little of each? Like, that's right. The Christian scholars want to resolve it. The Jewish scholars are like, ah, it could be all of that stuff. The main thing is it's pointing forward to what Isaac's name will be. That's um, right. But, uh, but I, I, I do think, I, I do think, Matt, to your original point, I think I, I trend toward, um, again, not with certainty, but I, I trend toward the Abraham 
it, it's it's an incredulous laughter, but not an inc- not incredulous um, at what God has said. Incredulous, not, like this is this is happening. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's so. It's not more that necessarily like, with with unbelief or doubt, but rather just like, are you kidding a, me? Like, surprise, surprising shock. joy. Like, yeah, how, yeah. it's going to happen like this. Yeah, and and one of the reasons I say that is because of what Gandalf noted. The whole uh, he, in other words. He falls on his face. That's man. That's pretty strong and pretty standard worship language. Um, right. So he's, in other words, he's laughing on his face. He's not laughing in God's face. That's right. Um, and so, because this word can mean this, this word has semantic range to mean that. This is the same word that's used in Judges when the Philistines are mocking and laughing at Samson. Unlike we were talking about beforehand, this is this is used in Exodus thirty-two. This is right. what Israel does when they make the golden calves. Right, they get they get up and they, they are entertained. They chant. It can be it can, in other words, it can be laughter. It can be wild emotive acting. Um, but but here, uh, you know, the first person who taught me a biblical language, their go-to saying was, "Words don't have meanings; they have uses." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so cer- good. Well, and certainly there are semantic ranges in which words can be used. Um, but uh, here, it, I, I, I trend toward the more reverential because, again, God does not immediately speak to incredulity on Abram's part. He doesn't address Abraham at all until he brings up Ishmael. Mm. Um, so Abraham is immediately asking about Ishmael because in his mind, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, this was already a settled deal, right? Like he already was banking on Ishmael being the inheritor of the promise. It seems right? to so, read that way. So like to him, this was like, he was like, you know, mission accomplished, you know, patting himself on the back. All right, we did this thing. And then God's like, actually, it, mm. it's it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Mm. It's yeah, I, I, I still love the N.T. Wright thing where he says, you know, the promise fulfillment thing in scripture is almost always God doing exactly what he said he would do in a way that no one saw it coming. Oh, that's um, so beautiful. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's because it's, it's better. It's, it's God. It's God showing that nothing's too hard for him. Um, and so. Well, I, I like that Abraham is like looking out for his son, right? Like, like even though, like the promise is going to get fulfilled either way. Abraham that, knows that, right? That, but he's like looking out for Ishmael. And that, and that is a big point because like, again, we're, we're Christians, right? Unashamed of that. This is a Christian podcast about the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, we look at Jewish and Christian interpretation. Absolutely. But let's be honest, Ishmael gets the shaft uh, in, in, in most uh, Christian discussions. Like he gets, he gets thrown, you know, we, we and, and again, the Bible absolutely transitions to the emphasis on Isaac as the child of promise, but God is never dismissive or hostile to Ishmael. It, uh, there, there's Nathan, never, oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, what you just said, and I want to build on that. God is never hostile towards Ishmael. One of the things is that when we, sometimes in our systematic theology, especially as we, now you're the Roman scholar here, but as we, I was thinking about like uh, Romans nine, not just Ishmael, but also Esau. These are the, the other sons that are not the sons of promise. And sometimes in our understandings of election, depending on our systematic theology and our hermeneutic is that we see God in the choice language of, well, he only cares about 
those he's chosen. And so much so that some views are as stark as God chooses some for salvation and some for damnation, that, that God was choosing Isaac for salvation here and Ishmael for damnation, Jacob for salvation, Esau for damnation, and seeing them as things like objects of wrath versus objects of mercy. But here, here's, here's why it's so important. And I'm, I'm not attempting to resolve all those questions, but here's why it's so important to read the quoted scriptures in the New Testament, reading the quoted Old Testament scriptures is because if, if God is so choosing Ishmael for damnation here, or just to be an object of wrath, he's being awfully kind to him. Like this is, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to create 12 princes through him. I have heard your plea, Abraham regarding Ishmael for a, for Ishmael, not to be the covenant promise, but he's promised that he's going to be made a prince and have princes that come from him. That's that, that is very charitable language. Uh, so I, I just think, um, it's just important to read the Bible as a story. But doesn't that, doesn't that track with the story we've read so far? Because we've seen over and over again, a big theme of this podcast has been that God is more gracious and charitable than what he's often given credit for. I mean, we've seen it with Adam and Eve and with Cain and with pre-flood society, Tower of Babel, and now with Ishmael. So it, it's part of God's MO, right? It's, it makes sense with the story we've learned so far. Yeah. And, right? and Nathan, you've talked about this stuff before, is that that's why it's so important for systematic models to be colored in by the story, so to speak, because sometimes a systematic model can feel too raw, but when you read it in context of the story, you're like, oh, okay. The story reveals God's heart where sometimes the, the systematic model may reveal God's truth, but it, it misses his heart. Yeah. And, and, and my thing is, you know, part of getting any story is like I've had, we had tests on this, um, in school, like they would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, provide a character description of this character. Right. And, so, and sometimes, uh, and again, systematic theology is so important. It's absolutely important. Um, but it's that whole, uh, I think the illustration I use a lot is the skeleton and, and the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, biblical theology needs a skeleton to hang on. Uh, but systematic theology is fleshed out through the Bible as he gave it, which is overwhelmingly a story. And... We need to be careful to talk about what God would do or how God does out if we're speaking outside of the biblical record of what he actually did. Right. Does it make sense? And man, when Ishmael is one of those characters, like people just go straight to the, oh, he was reprobate. He was outside of the promise. He was, uh, and I'm just saying, where is that language in That's Genesis? Right. Where is that language? Uh, in other words, I'm, I, I, where is that language? Uh, and so, I, I mean, I just ask that honestly. Um, right. Uh, where Where is this passage in the Bible where uh, Ishmael, and there are other characters in Scripture called Ishmael, um, but Ishmael, who's primarily here, and then the Chronicles account where they're establishing uh, genealogies, um, at 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 the very least, it's neutral. You you look at passages like this, and God's like, I'm going to provide. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, just like we said, even before Abram calls God Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will see to it. Even before that, Hagar says, well, of the living one who sees me, El Roi. So, um, 
I think maybe a point of clarification though, is this, is this text does make it very clear, uh, in verse number 19, when God says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, the whole idea of living before is we should think of it like in the sense of living in God's presence as his chosen blessing. Yeah. This is why like this, the CSB. The Christian Standard Bible, which is pretty close to the ESV, mm-hmm. uh, admittedly, and it, it acknowledges in the text, it makes a more idiomatic translation like that. Uh, live before you, in other words, like be the object of your attention. So the CSB goes with be acceptable in your sight. Right. Um, in other words, this is the, like right this, this morning, yesterday was a year since that we found out we were having a baby girl. And uh, this morning, uh, before I came into the office, uh, Mackenzie's crawling on the living room rug and she was living before me. That's where my eyes were focused. Like, man, what a crazy year. So let me, let me read Matthews here real quick on this. It says, Abraham presents to the Lord a counter proposal by pleading for Ishmael's acceptance. If only the NIV's translation under your blessing clarifies the literal before you. Abraham's request is not neglected by the Lord. I have heard you for the boy also receives a blessing. So God is making it clear. He is giving his preferential covenantal blessing to Isaac. Like Isaac is the chosen son of promise, but he's also, God is choosing to bless Ishmael. And he does so at the response, uh, and at the plea of, of, of Abraham. So I, I think it's just important um, to remember stories like this, especially later in the Bible when we're trying to flesh out what does it mean to be chosen? Uh, what does it mean to not be chosen? Uh, and I, I think stories like this can be very helpful. And, and again, Matt, to your point, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to keep kicking something that's just been laying there for a while. Um, but it's not just that he looks out for Ishmael, it's the language that he uses. He uses Genesis one language for Ishmael. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him. That's Genesis one language. And I will make him fruitful. That's Genesis one language and multiply him greatly. That's Genesis one language. Father of 12 princes. This mirrors what's gonna happen with Israel with 12 tribes, right? And I will make him into a great nation. Uh, So man, that's not only is that not negative, I have a hard time reading that as neutrally. This is God being this is God lavishing tremendous grace upon Ishmael. Um, and maybe there's another way to read it. Um, and we welcome that email. <laughs> That's right. But um, but anyway, well, next week, we're going to transition back to circumcision and also the first one to be circumcised, or at least the first son. And that will be interesting. And listener, if you want to be among the first to hear about the second episode on circumcision, you can make sure that happens by liking and subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Every Tuesday morning, we're talking another 30 minutes about this narrative that God's given us. And I promise it's not always about circumcision. And I promise it will be fruitful. Yeah, there there you go. So until then, then, you guys have a great week. We'll be back next Tuesday morning. See you. See you next time. Shalom. The credibility of this podcast just dropped to zero.